and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. You can please subscribe to Digital Coffee on all your favorite podcasting, hosting sites or apps. Leave a five-star review. Let's get to that number one spot in the gaming podcast section because I'm working hard for you. But happy Friday, as always. I hope you got your coffee cups ready for this. this is a juicy one because we're going to be talking about Witcher. We're going to be talking about the Dragon Age AMD, Red Dead Redemption, Overwatch, and kind of my thoughts on it. Rode releases two new gaming microphones. I put that in quotation marks because they're kind of just old designs, just mocked up to be more gaming with some actually interesting tech in there. And then my main point is that, hey, guess what, gamers? We're all racist and sexist. I'm going to go through the new study and basically tear it apart a new one because it was the most the dumbest thing I've ever seen to be honest with you. But like I said, I hope you got it ready because it's a juicy one. Like get those cups ready. Mmm, that's good. All right, and first up, it looks like JSOX is J-A- J-S-A-U-X, it's the company that makes Steam Decks. It has canceled its RGB Steam Deck. Oh, darn. I'm not going to be able to light up my dock for my Steam Deck. Darn. Man, that really sucks that I can't RGB my Steam Deck dock. It cancels it because due to, I guess, alleging that competitors stole its design, so... Sorry, guys, you're not going to be able to have it from them, but you may be able to have it from somebody else or wherever you think it is. But like I said, it's just so funny. Like, Why does everything have to be RGB? I've, I have a bone to pick with that because I do have some RGB things, but I like to have like not everything have lights on it because it's just it gets ridiculous after a while. But Hey, more power to you if you like it. But yeah, it's been canceled. Now you can get their other stuff. You can get a lot of other Steam Deck docks, but you can get it from Valve. They're the pretty expensive on Valve. It's like 90 bucks for their own, which is really ridiculously expensive for whatever reason. But there you go, guys. There will be another competitor that probably does the RGB Steam Deck dock. But for now, you can't actually get one. I know. Sad times. And moving on to Prime Gaming in their... Games coming out that are going to be free in November. One of them is going to be Indiana Jones. Now, a lot of you think, what, there's an Indiana Jones game? Yes, there was. Very long ago in the 90s. And it was the like point-and-click adventure games where you had to be like, figure out the puzzles. The puzzles were decently hard, and it was, it was fun. There was actually a couple Indiana Jones games. One was not even based on the movies. This one, the one that's doing is free, but one was not based on the movies. That was actually pretty fun. I actually remember playing that game. It was pretty hard. But yes, there were Indiana Jones games way back when, way before Uncharted, way, way before Uncharted. And now we have Uncharted, which took over Indiana Jones, basically in the new, I guess, modern culture. But still, Indiana Jones is still around. People understand it. Mostly the older generations, but we still know how great it was also you're going to get fallout new vegas which by the way is probably one of the best fallout games out there i hope they make a fallout new vegas 2 but we'll see if that actually happens those are just some of the lineups for you as well you also have 
WRC 96, which should be interesting as well. And Facility 47, I don't know what that one is. Etherborn and Wisping Willows in the last days of June complete the lineup. So there you go. If you're looking for new games, there you go for those. All right, moving on to Overwatch 2 and the Halloween event. So I haven't really played the Halloween event because there really is no point to play the Halloween event. You don't get any skins for it. And if you want to get the new skins, you have to pay $20 or more because clearly charging double for the actual battle pass for one skin is clearly the best way of going about this. So I just didn't really see a point to it. I mean, you can, if you want to, but I didn't see a point to it. I'll just play quick player. If I actually ever decide to play competitive, I just play that instead. But yeah, I mean, it, what I hear, it sounds fun, but the, the problem is that people have the biggest problem with just the pricing on the store. It's just, you're having skins that are cost double of what the battle pass costs. And it's like, I have to buy this and it's, and a lot of them are in bundles too, which if I just wanted to get the skin, I can't get the skin. So now I have no choice, but then to buy the whole bundle, which is very annoying that I have to buy the whole bundle. And that's a percentage off, which you don't really know if that's really a percentage off or they're just baking it up. Cause it's all based on something. So in the end, it's just Blizzard's got to get it right. A lot of Overwatch players, including me, are just kind of skeptical about this and be like, you guys need to figure it out and actually have a proper price for everything because this is actually getting pretty ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, well, I have the battle pass. So I'll just keep with the battle pass and not really spend anything else unless I, I use legacy coins. That's the old coins from the original Overwatch legacy coins, but We'll see what happens with all this. So for those longing for a new update with Red Dead Redemption 2, well, have no fear. There's a mod for this. And if you want some brutally real hunts, this is the mod for you. Now, we're not really going to see any more updates from Rockstar for Red Dead Redemption 2. To be honest with you, they didn't really do a lot of updates for this one. They kind of let it just lapse. And that's really unfortunate because what they made was a really great game. But it it just seems like they just didn't really care after a while. It's just like, we made this game. All right, here's a few updates. All right, we're done. And they really just focused on Grand Theft Auto Online, which was interesting because that's the older one out of the two. And you would think they would, they would actually figure out a way of supporting both of them at the same time, but they never actually got around to it. So with absence like this, you have this mod overhaul for if you really want really hard hunts instead of what they have in the vanilla game, this is the best way of doing it since you're probably not going to see any more updates. I'm pretty sure because they're working on grand theft auto six. This is the best way for it. I'm hoping they eventually do make red dead redemption three. I'll be holding my breath for that one. Cause I'm actually not quite sure if they'll actually do this, but we'll see in the end if this actually works out or not, but here you go. A mod for you to actually sink your teeth in when you're playing Red Dead Redemption 2. All right, moving on to AMD's plan to expand the line of 7,000 series processors. That's, that means the 7, 7950X, 7900, 7700, 7600, and so on and so forth. So they're looking to actually do more entries into this and make it a little bit more 
I guess robust and expanded. But the, my problem is with this is that this may sound great on paper, but the problem is, is that they've done a lot of different CPUs in the AM4 one. And sometimes you couldn't really tell the difference between them and there really wasn't much of a difference. But I guess with different price points, different cores and core counts, this could actually make some pretty good usefulness of it, especially if the other ones are actually cheaper in price or they're using like the 3D, like the what they did with the, what was it, the 5800X3D one. That could be an interesting thing as well. But for right now, they're looking to do it, but nothing's really official on that, but they're looking to expand the line. Now, you still can pick up these CPUs. I recently checked, and you can actually pick these up, unlike the NVIDIA graphics cards, which you can't pick up at all. You can still pick up these CPUs, which is interesting to see. One is readily in stock, and the other, good luck. <laughs> Download hot stocks, and hopefully you'll f you'll pick it up sometime that's not overpriced all right moving on to dragon age dreadwolf and it has hit a milestone they have officially said that they've hit a milestone on this one and it is in its alpha stage where alpha milestone which basically means it's playable from start to finish so this is a good track record for it i don't actually expect this to come out maybe by the end of 2023 probably 2024 depending on how fast along they go with finalizing all of it and making sure it's optimized for it's probably going to be Xbox series X S PS five and PC, which I'm thinking that that will only be on there. It could be on the older generations. I'm not quite sure, but it's a good sign. And we haven't seen dragon age since dragon age inquisition. And I think that was out in 2016. So it's been a long while since we had one. Now, Bioware did make Anthem, which crashed and burned quite heavily. And so we're back to Dragon Age for this. Now, I'm hoping Dragon Age will be good and better than Inquisition. Inquisition was fine, but it wasn't the best Dragon Age. Still, Dragon Age Origin is the best Dragon Age of the series. Two was great, had an interesting story, but... The repetitive dungeons were terrible. And then Inquisition was... It was good for how interesting it was. A little bit more open world. It was the first one in the Frostbite engine and the only one in the Frostbite engine since they're moving back to Unreal. So it should be interesting to see how well this plays out, where we're going with this, and how well the story is as it continues the saga of the Dreadwolf or Solus as in the original Inquisition. So it should be interesting. All right, moving on to Rocksteady co-founders have exited the studio and they're going to be following their new adventure in gaming. So they're no longer head of the studio for Rocksteady and Rocksteady is still working on this is Suicide Squad game. Now Gotham Knights has come out and it has had very mixed reviews. Some people like it, some people don't. And that's fine, that's fair. It It's an interesting game. I don't know... If, it, it, it pushed the series along enough. I think it's, they did some interesting things to it, but it just, it's an okay game. It's not the best game I've seen in the series for Batman saga, even though Batman's not really in it. His other sidekicks are actually in this, but it, it's interesting, but this should be interesting to see where they're going to go and what they're going to actually create. 
when they leave Rocksteady because Rocksteady has basically just been DC games for the most part. They basically made their name in the Batman Arkham series. So should be interesting to see where they go with this and what they're going to do away from the Batman series. All right, moving on to the Witcher news. So this week was the 15th anniversary of the Witcher and the Witcher games came out way back in 2007 using an old Aurora engine from Bioware. It was a very interesting game. The original Witcher was slow at the start, but picked up quite quickly when you got into it, but that it was a pretty big sloth in the beginning of it. And the combat system was different from the last two games of it. So it was very interesting how they changed from one to two, because it was a very drastic change. It was also a change from engine to their red engine, which they're not really going to be using anymore because the new Witcher remake is going to be under the unreal engine instead. So we will see where they're going to go with this remake, how they're going to change things up, how the combat system will change. Will it be similar to the Witcher three instead of the Witcher one? And will it be more open world or will it be a little bit more confined like the original Witcher was? There's a lot of different questions, but it's a good idea to update this one. This one, the Witcher, the original Witcher was about 15 years old ish around that time. So, it's good to see that they're going to be updating this because it doesn't really need an update for this one. Witcher three doesn't really, they're going to, it's going to get his next gen update eventually whenever they release it, but that's just an update for next gen systems. So this one would be the most interesting one because this one is the most out of date one you can play. Like I said, it's using the old Bioware Aurora engine. I think they use that for Never Winter Nights, I think they use that one for. But yeah, it's it's a pretty old engine. So having the first game into a modern engine would be interesting to see. Interesting to see what they're going to be changing from the original to this one. All right, moving on to Road. And this week they announced two new microphones for streamers. And they are very similar to their other mics for Rode. The more dynamic one looks like more like a pod mic or the Rode mic. And the smaller one, condenser one, looks more like their NTB1, I think it is. But this one actually has the same processing in the Rodecaster Pro as it does within that. It uses software, so similar to a Beacon mic or even the Elgato Wave mics. This is very similar to this. They use a USB-C and the there is a dynamic one which you have it close to your mouth and it does eliminate a lot of noise and there is the USB condenser one which you can have it further away but it could draw in more noise. You do have the software, is the Unity software I think it's called and this one allows you to control the different types of submixes for this. So the game, the chat, the music, the browser, and the microphone. So you'll be able to actually use that within your computer. So it's, like I said, very similar to Elgato or Beacon mics. For those actually have built-in software, you can actually change different things around. So should be interesting to see how well these actually play out and what these do. But it, if it does have the same processing as the Rodecaster Pro 2, it'll be a very good mic. They're not cheap. They run about $250 to $150, depending on which one you actually get. So be on the lookout for those if you're looking for a new mic. 
All right, moving on to my main thing of basically gamers are all racist and sexist by this supposed study because it, it identified fusion and extremism within gaming culture. Here's the funniest thing. This, the sample size was 304 people. That's not very big. The, the gaming population is about 3.24 billion people. This is not even 1%. This is even not a half a percent. This is like 0.000 and the zeros go to infinity 1%. It's, it's so low that I'm kind of like, how did you figure out that we were all racist and sexist by 304 people? And technically three of them aren't really real people because they're non-binary. I don't know what that means, but one of their research message, which method is what I'm going to be basing it off of. Cause this is, this basically just shows me that they think gamers are just one ideology and that's it. So the first method of procedures was basically just identifying the gaming identity fusion. So three item scales, targeting fusion with gamer identity fusion with gaming culture and fusion with other gamers. And so willingness to fight or die for gaming culture, which I'm not really, I don't really care. I mean, I guess getting older, that's what happens, but I'm not willing to die for gaming culture, whatever that really actually means. They don't really explain gaming culture, really. They just say gaming culture like you're supposed to understand this. Mind you, these are people that probably have never been gamers too that are reading this. Dark triad personality traits as well. So these are just the, the seedy things that gamers do like, like I use, I, I like to use clever manipulation to get my way. It's like, well, who doesn't like to use clever manipulation to get your way? That's what we all do. We all want to get our way. This isn't like a gaming specific or gamer specific trait. This is a human trait. So I guess all humans are racist and sexist because we all want to get our own way. Or I know I'm special because everyone keeps telling me so. Yeah. That happens to everybody. A lot of people think a lot of other people are special. It happens. Can you believe it? Sure you can. Should you believe it? Meh, probably not. And payback needs to be quick and nasty. Well, if someone really hurts you, the human response is I need to get payback from them. And I hope it's really nasty and quick for me. So I don't have to do anything. But that doesn't really like outline that people are racist and sexist. But it goes even further. So... And this is the funniest part, right wing authority, authoritarianism. So it cameras are only bad because we're right wing. <laughs> like it's gaming or gamers are not a political ideology. We are a collective of different people that believe in various different things, including left or right wing binary and non-binary. It is not one specific ideology which shows the biases of these researchers and then right-wing identity because of specifically gamergate i'm like yeah because you can totally tell that right-wing people were only about gamergate and nobody else was about gamergate and it says to access the relationship between gamer fusion and right-wing identity we created a single item measure first we give participants a brief text defining what we meant by right-wing identity. The right-wing nationalism movement is characterized by a rejection of mainstream politics and media, strong identification with one's own nation and support of his interests. So basically 
the right wing identity is basically you believe that your country should be great and you should support your own country and make sure that its interest is in the best interest for your country. So basically you are a terrible human being. If you want your country to, to succeed and the, and it goes on to say, and the belief that your own country is better than any other con any other without question or doubt. Well, of course you want to believe that you live in the country. It's not saying that right wing identity is not saying that we just blindly think that our country is great. Every right wing person knows that America has its faults, but it's still good. That's not saying that we just don't, we don't have any questions or doubts about our country. It's just saying that, yes, we love our country, even if it has some problems. Like, they don't even understand right wing identity. They don't even understand right wing politics. They just they just listen to CNN and New York Times and be like, oh, that's true. And second of all, left wing people can actually support and actually care about their own country's interests. It's what everybody does in a country. Like this, this has no bearing on gaming whatsoever. We gamers are multinational. We're yeah, we're multinational. We don't really give a care about where you're at unless we can't really figure out what you're trying to tell us. Then it's like, well, I, I can't, I don't understand whatever language you're trying to tell or speak in. That's the only thing we really care about. We don't really care about this to be honest with you. We care about if the game's good. We care about if it's fun. We care about if we're winning or losing. That's really it. And then it goes on with white nationalist identity. So apparently gamers are all white or wanting to be white people, which okay. But huh? Like I did these, these things don't make any sense. Firstly, because they think that all extremism is right wing. And I'm like, yeah, leftists have their own extremism either, which basically is completely not even in this study, which lets you know how biased and stupid this study is. And then it goes on to be like sexism. So sexism, the cornerstone of toxic gaming culture and white nationalist ideologies. First of all, if it's white nationalist ideologies, can't women be a part of this too? So if women are a part of this, how are we sexist? doesn't make much sense there, but to access the links between fusion of sex and we use three item measures of both benevolent and hostile sexism. So apparently they're using the feminist trope of there is benevolent sexism. That's basically means being a gentleman and there's the actual terrible hostile sexism. So no, for a guy, no matter what you do, cause this is basically all on males, mind you, no matter what you do, if you're being nice to a girl, if you're trying to be a gentleman, like open doors and do all this stuff that's, that usually most women actually want, that is being benevolent sexism. You cannot win with these people. You just can't. And it says women should be cherished and protected by men. That is benevolent sexism. I'm sorry. That's just being a man. That's not being sexist. That's being a man. Whatever you think, it's not being sexism is a negative thing. You can't say that a good thing is sexism at the same time. That's not how this works. You can't just like change the definitions because you feel like it. And then the hostile 
sexism. It's characterized by a general dis- dislike and disregard for women. An example of item hostile sexism is once a girl gets a man to commit to her, she usually tries to put him on a tight leash, which does actually happen. It's not hostile. It does happen. Women can be terrible to men, just like men can be terrible to women. Like, women are not perfect. I, I'm sorry, leftism society, but would, you, you ladies are not perfect. You have your own terribleness, just like men do. This is a very, very basic understanding. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have our struggles and we all have our terrible behaviors. It happens. It doesn't make you sexist to say, Hey, men should protect women. That's what we should be doing. That's what being a man is. We have a sworn obligation to protect women. Now, some women don't want us to protect them. And so that's why we just go, you know what? I'm out. I just don't want to deal with this. I'm out. And so that's what they're trying to get to is basically, guys, you know that you're trying to be gentlemen. Just stop. Okay. It's terrible. It's benevolent, but it's terrible at the same time. So it's benevolently terrible for you to be that. And so if you're a gamer too, and you actually want to be nice to women, nope, nope. That's, that's benevolent sexism. You're a sexist now. Nope, nope. Can't do it. Nope. Alpha males go away. We want our betas, even though women don't usually want beta males. So it makes no sense. Like, like I said, uh, the reason why I want to go through the study is because to tell you how terrible this study is and now race and racism, <laughs> this gets better. Racism is another course turn of toxic gaming cultures. It underpins extremist ideologies. No, it just underpins that we're all human and we all sometimes hate people for who they are at times. It happens to me, all white guys all the time. We are the most hated people in our society right now. We change the target item from black people to minorities because that really matters to target general racism because you can't be white and be and 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 have racism. Only white people can be racist towards other people. But if you're racist towards white people, it's okay. So, and then general racism beyond apathy towards <laughs> blacks. God, even the definition they're trying to do is really racist. Both measures one through seven of the scale of strongly degree disagree. We measured using four items drawn from ex- external motivation to express uh, bias subscale. <laughs> you measure the, your, everybody else's bias, but not your own studies bias. It was measured using four items drawn from internal motivations to express bias subscales from the same measure. Recent aggressive behaviors here. here well, I'm going to let you in research on a little thing. When you're in a pe- competitive game, aggression does happen also other research has which you didn't cite at all have says that but gaming actually reduces aggressive behavior because you're using it a lot through that so oh boy believe in QAnon. oh god i mean seriously come on now guys not every right-wing person believes in QAnon. jesus christ like these people like it's like they went to like a Saturday morning cartoon, like 
rundown of what gamers are. They're right wing. They must be sexist because they want to protect women for whatever reason. They believe in QAnon. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, sure we do. An experience in gaming is determined by the experience of gaming with gaming moderator moderated our findings we asserted three relevant variables participants were asked to report how many hours per week they currently played video games or asked how many hours how many years they've been playing video games the two measures include determine whether the relationship between fusions and various outcomes could be related to prolonged exposures the gaming community in the short term i.e weekly playtime and long term number of hour, years playing games let's see participants chose options for list of genres including sandbox not really a genre, but okay. Real-time shooters, multiplayer, online battle arena. What? Clearly, these people know gaming culture very well when you have sandboxes, one of your genres. It's not a genre. It's never been a Open world is a genre. Sandbox is not because a shooter can be a sandbox shooter. And multiplayer online battle arena, What? what does that mean? And role-playing, simulation, sports, puzzlers, and party games, action adventures, survival, and horror, platformer, and other fill-in-the-blanks. We measure the category variable to assess what relationships between identity fusion and the outcome measures were limited to or magnified within players of specific genre. And then it goes that that way. But, I mean, this study just basically said that if you're a gamer, you are now a right-wing extremist because you believe in... you. You are racist towards black people, even though black people are gamers. And you black people within the gaming community, well, you're also white nationalists as well because you're a gamer. You also are right wing. You identify as right wing because you're a gamer and you believe in right wing authoritarianism because you want your country to do good. Anyways, it's just been one of those things where it's just like, you guys don't even know what you guys are talking about. You don't know the gaming culture and you're trying to do a study without really knowing what gaming culture is or who's a part of gaming culture. And you only had 304 participants, not the best study I've ever seen. And it's probably going to be one of the studies that will be laughed at by all gamers. We should all, we really should all just, just completely laugh at this. I mean, why? Why does this study make the rounds? It's it's basically just like a hype for like woke leftists to be like, yeah, see, they're all terrible people. And it's like, no, we're really not. We're just a collective of different types of people that love to do one hobby, gaming. That's it. But anyways, what do you guys think? Do you think this study is great? Do you think this study is completely bogus and it should be just stricken from the internet or just laughed out of the internet memed on the internet whatever let me know in the comments below but thank you for listening to digital coffee as always please subscribe to digital coffee and all your favorite podcasting apps leave a five-star review to get to the number one spot in the gaming section but as always see you next week let's talk about what's going on in the pc gaming industry all right guys stay safe game what you want to play and you're not racist or sexist unlike what the researchers actually think. See you next week. Later.